Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message is Sin Makes the Things of God Hard to Accept. We'll start reading in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. This week's music is the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir singing Wonderful, Merciful Savior.
for sin makes things of God hard to accept. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 1 through 6, Therefore, leaving the principle of doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism of laying on of hands and of resurrection of dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and when made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good words of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, and they crucify themselves, Son of God, afresh, and put him to open shame. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we ask you to bless this message and put it in the hearts of the people that hear it and burn it in there. Let them realize that that's sin. What is hard, sin makes the things of God hard to accept. Now I pray, Heavenly Father, that you bless this message in Jesus' sweet name. I ask this. Amen. Sin makes it hard to accept the things of God because when a man sins, he's not thinking about God. He doesn't want God in his life. He wants to get alienated from God, completely away from God. And this is, this is what it's all about. You know, sin's not something to play with. i put it to you this way. Sin, when sin bites into you, it's hard to get rid of. And you need to realize that. Number one, sin does a hearing. In Jeremiah 6, 10, it says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Jeremiah 5:25 says, Your iniquities have turned away from these things, and your sins are withholding good things from you. So according to the scriptures there, your sins are holding good things from you. God can bless you if you leave your sins alone. It, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it causes a willful turning away. People hear what they want to hear. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves, teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away the ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. So people hear what they want to hear. Isaiah 1, 1 through, let's read first chapter of Isaiah, and you'll understand what it, what it calls the nation to go backwards. Sin, those are hearing. And when you got sin in your life, people can't talk to you about other things because that sin in your life is, it's got you held down. It's hard to hear those are hearing. Secondly, sin darkens their understanding. There's no real feeling. It causes lasciviousness. Outrageous living, it causes uncleanness with greediness. The more they sin, the more sin they wanted to commit. And Solomon and Gamar, 
was just like that. The more they sinned, the more they wanted to sin. And they enjoyed it. And that's, that's about sin. What's not good about it? Because the more the people want to sin, and that's like it is today, the more people get into sin, the more they like it, the more they mess with it. And it's sad. It's hooked. You get hooked on that old dope. And I'm going to tell you something. That's hard stuff to get rid of. The hardest thing I see people getting rid of them stopping is just smoking. It's addiction. And they can't want to stop it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 says this, Having the understanding darkened, be it alienated, from life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart of the deceitfulness of their heart and so seeing darkness and understanding and there's no real real feeling and the more they sin the more they want to sin and I've seen that in my lifetime as a preacher 43 years pastoring I've seen this the more people want to sin, the more they sin, the more they want to sin. The more they get in love and sin, and it'll kill you. I can't tell you that. I see some dope heads. I know one boy's been smoking dope all his life. He's in his 50s. And I asked him, I said, man, won't you get rid of that? He said, that dope's good for you. Helps your mind. I can't believe he says that. I know another man's 40, just turned 44 years old, up in Tioga. And he's noticed a fruitcake, smart as a whip, but he's noticed a fruitcake. That meth has done messed his mind up. His daddy's got a plumbing business, but his daddy he won't even, his daddy won't even let him work with him, and won't even let him go to your steal from you. And he'll, he'll smoke that old dope while he's working. That's it's pitiful. And the boy's got a and he's got a filthy mouth, and he messes with dogs and uh, tries to uh, sleep with a dog. And his uh, daddy's niece caught him doing it, and they run him out of the place. And they, he sleeps on the railroad tracks. He sleeps under the bridges. He sleeps in, in a shed at his daddy's bed and stuff. He sleeps under trees. It's a pitiful thing, 44 years old. And he's got a... a brilliant mind, but he's just messed his mind up. He's messed his mind up completely with that dope. I've got a sister's son. He was in his 30s. He got on dope so bad. They put him up there in the, by the um, in Alexandria at a nut house, what I call nut house. It's a hospital for sick folk like that. And he was on dope. He I went and visited him several times, prayed with him. And he'd tell me some, before he said, see all these men right here talking? I said, yes, sir. He said, they think I'm crazy, but I'm not. They the one that's crazy. He lost his mind with that dope. Couldn't help himself. Uh, the police found him hung by Fort Bulow Lake in Alexandria in a tree with a sheet wrapped around him naked. That's on that dope. Somebody probably killed him because he was running his mouth. 
he told me so I can get more dope in this place than I can out on the streets. And that's a sad situation. Somebody shut him up. Don't know who it is. My sister said, I know who it was, she told me, but I don't know that. But I can tell you this, sin decays the conscience. In First Timothy, verses 4, 1 and there, sin decays the conscience. It messes your conscience up. Can't think. Can't think now. And it's just bad on you. It'll decay your conscience. Your conscience. God put that conscience in there for a reason. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 says this, Then the Spirit is speaking expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctors of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And when you mess your conscience up, that's it. You got a little preacher inside of you. God put that in there. That's a little conscience. That's what we call a conscience. You better listen to that conscience. And it causes it causes disobedience in Isaiah 42, 18 through 25. It causes honor, concern, even for the judgment of God on their lives. They don't care what, as long as they do what they want to do and live in sin like they want to. Sin decays their conscience and kills their conscience. And that's, that's a sad situation. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Verse 2, First Timothy chapter 4, it sears their conscience. And that's a sad situation today. You can look around you, and there's people's minds are seared. I know a young man that uh, hated his parents so much. They tried to burn the house down on them while they were sleeping. They happened to smell the smoke and got out and burnt half of the house up. He went to jail. Matter of fact, he's still in jail. They're trying to help him out. He's supposed to have gotten saved. He's about 18 years, 17. He's about 16 years old, 17 years old. And he's a big old boy. But I'm going to tell you this right here. The family's going to take him back in pretty soon. And I'll tell you something. It's a sad situation when it. A young man try to burn their parents up because they don't like them. But they made him mad. He got crossed up. His daddy's in prison because he shook a little baby to death. His wife's in prison with him. She's in another prison because she helped kill the baby. And it, it's, it's sad. I know another man in prison, and I, he's coming to church with me in Tioga. He was doing good. I had a little church in First Faith Baptist Church in Tioga. On the, on the little side road, the man gave me a house. We started a church. I spent $13,000 and built a big auditorium with baptistry and stuff in it. And I want you to know that, that we was we was doing real good. But uh, there was a man that his sister was bringing him to church, her husband, and uh, loved us to death. And he was on that dope. He would not leave that dope alone. He went to his girlfriend's house. She was on the age and... Mama come in on him and tried to whoop him, and he killed his, her mama. And his girlfriend helped kill the mama, put him in the trunk of her car, took her down the little river, run the car off in the little river, and left and went to Mexico. When they come out of old Mexico, the police caught him at the United States border, the Mexico border. 
and they got him and put him in. He called, first one he wanted to talk to his brother Jackson. I went over there to the jailhouse in Alexandria, and he talked to him. He said, he told me what he'd done, how he'd done it and all. Dude, but I couldn't say nothing because I'm a minister. And I left there and he told his sister what he told me. And his sister said, you get Brother Jackson back in there and tell him you didn't mean all what you said because that's you going down the river. And uh, she got lawyers for him to help him, but they never called me. And I told her, I said, you don't have to worry about it. I can't tell what they tell me. It's, it's a breach of calling, break, break the breach of call, uh, uh, a preacher can't do that like a doctor. So I understand what it, it it destroys your conscience. When you ain't got no conscience, you like a uh, it's like a regular animal, and uh, you do whatever you want to do, and however you want to do what you want to, and it's sin. I tell you what I've seen. I've been around some people like that. That boy's still in prison. His sister's still trying to get him out of prison, but he needs to stay in there. Because he killed that woman, he he wouldn't listen to her, and she called him with the, with his with her daughter, and she was a young girl, younger than he was, and he was in his twenties, and he shouldn't have been messing with her, but he did, and it caused him to kill. He didn't have no conscience. His her mama got the whipping up on him, slapped him around or something, that killed a knife to cut her, killed her with a knife in the house. Then they talked about it. and when they come out of Mexico, they told them where to find the body at, and they pulled the car up. The body was in the trunk. Yeah. That's all they needed. He's in jail the rest of his life. He really needs to be put to death. He ain't worth turning loose, letting him walk the streets again, because his demon was his. And uh, his sister was an alcoholic. I don't know if she's still drinking or not. She's supposed to have got straightened out and quit. But I don't know. But I can tell you this. Uh, it's a sad situation when your brother's in jail the rest of his life because of a, a decayed conscience. You do whatever you want to, whatever you think you're big enough to do. The fourth thing and the last thing, sin destroys the soul. It shows in life and on the face of an individual in Isaiah 3, 9. It shows in the life of an individual and that's, that's a sad situation. I hate to, I hate to even say that. It destroys your soul, but it will. It'll destroy your soul. Don't make no difference what you say. It'll destroy your soul. That's what sin does to you. And there's been a many a soul lost because of sin. Men and souls, people just don't care because of sin. And it's a sad situation. Sad, sad situation. When, you, when your soul's destroyed, I had a man tell me one time, you can preach to me all you want to. I had two of them tell me that. One in my truck, one in the man's house. He said, you can talk to me all you want to. I know you think you've got to preach to me a little bit, so I'm going to let you preach to me a little bit. Brother Jackson, and his little boy come in there. He said, Brother Jackson, he said, he's not listening to you. He got a pint of whiskey under the couch where he's sitting over. Right on there, he's been drinking it, but he's drunk. And he pulled out that liquor. He said, that's right. I'm an alcoholic. And 
He died after that few months. And uh, it cost him his life. His sin had destroyed his soul. He couldn't get over that drinking. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, it says, The integrity of the upright guide him, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Verse 19 says, As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. So I'm saying this, that, that sin destroys the soul, and it shows up in the life of a person's face. You can tell when somebody's been in sin, living in sin. You can tell it in their face. The face ain't what it ought to be. It's just, it's just a sad situation. And it's, it's, I wish you wouldn't like it, but that's the way it is. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The show of their countenance does witness against them, and they declare their sin. As Sodom, they hide it not, woe to their soul, for they rewarded evil than themselves. And so sin destroys the soul. That's what the Bible says. And then the way you get around it. And it shows in a life the face of an individual. But the help of the Lord is near. Hosea 13, 9 says, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is there help. And so, yeah, I want you to know that you can get some help from it. Romans 10, 21 says, But to Israel, he said, All day long have I stretched out forth my hand into a disobedient game, saying, People, God in Christ is standing with and outstretched on waiting to receive you, descending from sin to salvation. Sir, if you're a ma'am, if you're not a little boy, little girl, if you're not saved, Jesus has got his outstretched arms. And he's wanting to save you. And what you need to do is bow your head and ask him to forgive you of all your sins. Ask him to come in your heart and save you. And that's salvation. That'll get you there. And then you need to get in a good Bible-believing church, get baptized, and sit and learn the Bible. Be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night if it's able. They can. And then it uh, sent from sin to salvation and saint to restoration. And so if you're here, listen to me today. Listen to this message about sin. If you got into some sin and you're a Christian and you know that you're saved and you know if you were to die, then you go to heaven, you need to bow your head and ask God to forgive you that sin. Name that sin. And ask him his victory over that sin, get you out of it. And he'll do that without without a, any problem with God's big enough to take care of any sin that you sin. And he's died to shed his shed his blood for you that you might be saved. And I want you to know he's there waiting on you. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogue, Louisiana. Talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.